Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, We've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper, a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver? I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hey everyone, it's the Aussie Queens here on Silent Podcast, giving you everything you need to know about the Amazing Race Australia Celebrity Edition. I'm Annabelle, and with me as always is Sarah. Hello Annabelle, I'm like a drunk giraffe on stilts. Even after a few mapsidents, I'm so glad you could make it here today. (laughs) I am going to use that. Mapsidence is just brilliant. (laughs) Today we're covering legs 11 and 12, the finale with full spoilers. I mean, I think before we even get started, Sarah, I've got to know, how are you feeling? How, how, what was your emotional response to that finale and the end of what has been an epic season? Oh, tears pouring down my face. (laughs) streams not flames up the side of my face but tears pouring down my face and not least because I that was the that was the you know amazing never before seen ending that I predicted last week with you and Dan a wild guess that I knew for a fact couldn't possibly be right and it was like whoop that was exactly (laughs) what it was I mean it's interesting because Logan the TR historian has said, in case anyone is wondering how I'm handling the finish to Amazing Race Australia for my Amazing Race statistics page in my TAR historian blog. Okay, Logan, yeah, we get it. I'm going by order of arrival at the finish line. Darren and Tristan first, Emma and Haley second, and Ali and Angie third. The three-way tie was ceremonial. And I wanted to ask you, do you think it's ceremonial? Because I actually don't. I think it's facts. I, I think they all finished tied together first I reckon they're going to split the money three ways it was beautiful I watched it twice I cried both times same it was it was a powerful moment and having that audience there I bet it would have been epic to have been there 
Oh, just incredible. And I mean, uh, uh, listener um, Annabelle CEF, is that her name? Said the only Darren win I could countenance. So. <laughs> It's true. It's true. There is no way I would have been able to stomach a Darren and Tristan solo win. This was such a good ending. I like what I understand that for, for a lot of people who are diehard fans, you know, a tie is an unsatisfying ending. There was something about it being a celebrity season. There was something about it being Tristan and Darren who would have won otherwise that just that made this so incredibly acceptable and not only acceptable, super satisfying, I thought. Yes, and never before has a all-female team won the Amazing Race Australia, and now two of them have. So two. I, I, I don't think that was out of his mind. The interesting thing is uh, you, me, and Dan all had the Stallions out of the final three, and and we were right that that U-turn, a, a U turn, an actual U turn, not a game U turn, that they took. Look, hard to know what the actual timings were, but their their map accidents really did didn't help them. However, they have ad advertised is sort of the wrong word, but they have said Beyond Blue often, and at the end of the their elimination episode, Bo looked us dead in the eye, straight down the camera barrel, and told us to check in on each other and make phone calls. So I think if it's as much raising awareness as raising money, then I think Harry and Teddy have done a very good job. Yeah, absolutely. No. I and I think that I mean we'll get there when we get there. I think this was this was right, and you know what? I don't know that Darren and Tristan would have waited at the at the side of the mat for Harry and Teddy to win yes. there with them. Uh, so. Yeah, I mean that is a really good question. Given their their words at the intersection, uh, I actually would have liked to see if they'd gone through with it. But I I kind of feel like Darren would have gone through with saying to Harry and Teddy, "No, we don't choose you." Yes, hard to know uh, whether they would have let the uh, second place. Uh, women jump on with them or it would have been a lot messier this is much better yeah. narratively and people <laughs> yeah. say people who say you couldn't write it uh that's insulting to writers you could write it but it is narratively very satisfying uh that it was these three that it was Darren and Tristan's choice they came first or they let's say they arrived near the mat first and you have to think they'd already discussed that decision at some point during the finale Absolutely. So I'm really sorry, Logan. Full respect to your Tar Historian blog, but I disagree. This was a win for all three teams, and that's how <laughs> I will remember the history. Exactly. All right. Well, let's get started. Leg 11, and we're back in Borneo. We're seeing the orangutans. Yay! I you... cried. It was just <sighs> dumb. <laughs> <laughs> I love orangutans so much. I also flew into Kuching to go and see orangutans at a sanctuary. Um, and I really felt like this, this was the start of Darren's humanization project where, you know, we see, we see him in a little more sympathetic light. So they arrive at Kuching Airport and they've got to navigate to the wildlife center. But first, they have to go to market and buy the ingredients to feed them. Darren, obsessed with orangutans apparently and feeling ultra smushy for Tristan. But you can see the pressure's on for the team, Sarah. I think so. It's, I mean, even before they read the pit stop clue that the last team will be eliminated, they know there was a non-elimination at the end of leg 10. There, there is no way that there's going to be another non-elimination it's really that thing of, you know, Angie and Ali in, in the cab uh, in one of the legs, I'm sorry, I don't remember which one, said, you know, did you think we'd get here? And they agreed that no, they didn't, which is interesting because teams often say, oh, I always saw myself winning. I always knew I was going to win. Probably Darren would say that. So it's the tantalising prospect in this leg where, I mean, every leg's important, but this one, you are so close and all the teams are strong. Absolutely. So Darren and Tristan get out of the market pretty quickly with Angie and Ali, professional shoppers, uh, <laughs> managed to jump from fourth, um, starting into the second place. 
Harry and Teddy were being a bit produce fussy. Teddy wanted to make sure that the orangutans were only getting the sweetest pineapple in the market. Dear Teddy. I know. No, they'll honestly eat it. It's not that they'll eat anything, but they'll eat anything that's that's available in the market. I bet he doesn't go to Harris Farms to the, uh, you know, the slightly out of shape, cheaper fruit. You know, tastes (laughs) just as good. (laughs) No ugly fruit for the orangutans. (laughs) So Harry and Teddy, Hayley, Emma are um, a third and fourth. And we get to the intersection VIP breakfast. So here we are, we're at the Orangutan Sanctuary and at the intersection, the two teams must work together to feed breakfast to the orangutans. One team will call out for them while the other prepares breakfast. In addition to this, they need to remember some essential facts for a memory quiz at the end. They need to remember the names of the orangutans, their favorite meal, their birthday year, and a fun fact about each of them. So Darren and Tristan arrive first, realize it's an intersection, which Darren feels is more of a speed bump for them. Uh, And as you mentioned before, they don't want to pair with Harry and Teddy. Yes, and are prepared to put them aside and wait for the third team, thus jumping that third team to essentially second. It's not something that I've seen in in, an intersection before. It's something we can ask Jess Lease who has a PhD in Amazing Race, uh, next week. But I have never seen an intersection where people didn't just pair up in the order of arrival. But, you know, what we forget, Sarah, is that Darren is the grand arbiter of who does and doesn't deserve to play the Amazing Race. Can we just ban the word deserve out of every reality TV competition or otherwise show from now until forever, along with here for the right reason. <laughs> <laughs> with you on that, but Darren will tell us that Harry and Teddy don't deserve to be in the final. It, it, he wants to be in that grand final with the mother-daughter Wiggles teams. So they lose their long lead, but they do get to team up with Ali and Angie. So that's looking great. Darren is desperate to feed the orangutans. And we start to get this sort of foreshadowing, highlighting that that Darren is really good with memorization tasks, which does become relevant in the finale. Yes. I mean, the final task, jumping ahead, the final task is is generally always a memory task of places you have been. Sometimes it's flags. Sometimes it's clock towers that you had to remember. And this is why we do see teams making notes. They should be, you know, sitting up in the hotel room at night making notes. Uh, And some do and some don't. And it can be the undoing of a team. It is a very Darren-heavy leg 11, and I wonder if it's part of the you know, rehabilitation, the Darren. (laughs) (laughs) This was Darren's PR era. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Um, Harry and Teddy get to pair up with the Wiggles and Harry and Teddy are unironically enthusiastic about this. Emma and Hayley are trying to look on the positive side. Emma says she knows the guys will bring a lot of party to this challenge. (laughs) Well, they certainly don't bring anything else apart from chopping fruit. They don't remember the fruit, they never knew the fruit, they never met the fruit, they've never heard of fruit, they cannot remember the fruit. (laughs) They were fairly useless. It was quite emotional, though, seeing the orangutans come in when they were called the little baby. Baby! Darren's sobbing and so was I. Did you have have a favourite orangutan, Sarah? I liked the mother and baby. Selena. My favorite. Selena. <laughs> I did you have a Rich- favorite? I did. I liked Richie, who was the big boss, and he loves Durian. Oh, stinky. <laughs> king of the jungle loves his king of the fruits, and we're here for it. Yes. So Darren Tristan and Gialli absolutely smash out the memorization element of the task. As you said, Harry and Teddy, absolutely useless. 
did not remember anything at all. And the Wiggles have to force them to run back to the kitchen to go and get Emma and Haley's notes, which frankly they should have had with them anyway. I felt Teddy in particular was was very hopeless. Yes. It's like they couldn't even remember the fruits, let alone what order they went in. They were lucky. Although I think if they had had to do the task solo, they would have had to figure it out for themselves, probably by running back for the menu, as you say. (laughs) (laughs) So Ali and Angie have a speed bump after this as well, called Orangutan Highway, where they have to use a slingshot to make a rope pathway through the jungle for the orangutans to use. Sarah, they absolutely smashed this. They did smash it, but I have to say this is one of the hardest speed bumps I've ever seen. Really? I mean, given ones that I've seen and Dan reminding us last week that some people just have to eat an ice cream or sit on an ice block or do something basically that just holds them up. I mean, they had to slingshot it on the fishing wire, then they had to wind the fishing wire for the smaller string, then the smaller string had to pull the bigger rope. It seemed not only time-consuming but also like physically like they were hot each thing is not that heavy but they had to haul did it seem like that to you I mean as someone who would be absolutely useless with the (laughs) slingshot um I agree I think um I think they could have been stuck there a while except Ali gets the slingshot first go and they do such an impressive job um, that they don't get that behind at all. They actually arrive at the next task at the same time as Emma and Haley. Yes, yes. Gee, they did well, this leg. They They really really did. Mm. So root info, Next, next kind of challenge, people have to build a raft using traditional knots and bamboo. They then have to get on said raft and row down the river for six kilometres. I felt this was a task worthy of the finale week. Uh, absolutely, absolutely. It's physical, it's also mental, it tests balance, it tests, you know, knot tying. We know that Darren's been in the Boy Scouts, but we also know that the Wiggles' father likes tying knots. So, uh, but, every, but you know, uh, uh, Angie and Ali smashed the knots and smashed the raft as well as, you know, falling in the water and getting up again. They actually caught up with Darren and Tristan. Like, they were absolutely on fire. And when you think about Angie's, uh, I won't say physical ailments, but she has, you know, a, a, an injured back. She is probably the uh, certainly the oldest woman uh, left in the race. She did an extraordinary job. But I loved seeing them. These huge rafts are like six feet long, you know, rafting down the river. I did like, is that a croc? No, it's a rock. And they, the amazing editors sneakily put in some B-roll of a crocodile. And, in fact, it wasn't a crocodile, it was a rock. <laughs> did you like this task? Would you have liked to have done it? I think I would have been terrified doing it. I might have been a bit like Emma and Haley, who kept crashing into things along the way, <laughs> but it did look beautiful. And you're right. I mean, while Darren and Teddy, not Darren and Teddy, Darren, Darren and Tristan got there first and did leave first, Ali and Angie got there at the same time as Emma and Haley and managed to set off second with quite a long lead. This is where Harry and Teddy have their little mapsident. Um, They get totally lost on the way to the raft building. Teddy can't read the map. And it was interesting, Sarah, he just kind of totally shut down, just kept saying, I don't know, I don't know, like wouldn't even say pull over, just completely shut off emotionally from Harry in this moment. Yes. Uh, um, Panic, perhaps. Uh, His mind shut down. It's like we actually saw the map that he had, Hard to know because we're not there, but it's not like a million roads in a city. It's a a country road. I think at that time, I mean, I've never been on the race, but I would say driver, stop, pull over. I just need to collect myself and maybe you look at the map with me and we figure it out together. But I think he just didn't have the mental capacity. It might have been tiredness. It might have been, you know, fear or fear or panic. Uh, because they are sort of behind and they're behind, you know, people who they don't think they should be behind, I think. Mm. There's a little bit of that going on. That U-turn was uh, pretty amazing, don't you think? 
Make oh a decision. Okay, goodness. you turn. Well, it's a decision, but it's you know. <laughs> not the correct one. He, they then get to the challenge, and Teddy continues to be useless. Makes Harry do the entire raft build. Just stands there watching him. Yes, I think he had a. It's not exactly a brain fart, but he had a, and and he he didn't give up or anything, but he just seemed to become almost a zombie. Mm-hmm. Uh, you could tell that their confessionals were shot at the end of this leg after yes. the pit stop because yes. Harry just looks supremely pissed off and over it the whole way through. Yeah. It's exclusively Teddy talking and yes. narrating the episode on their behalf. I yes. think we were all a bit fed up with Teddy this episode, <laughs> bless him. <laughs> But they managed to set off um, just behind Emma and Haley, um, and Harry takes a well-deserved break, lying down on the raft and making Teddy do all the work uh, on a, on their romantic rafting trip. It was beautiful. Mm. I think the only other notable thing from this part, Ali and Angie tipped their raft and momentarily got stuck underneath it. It was terrifying. Yes, they got off the raft, and I wrote in my notes, "Don't get off the raft." Like they they didn't fall off the raft. They got off the raft. It's like, do not do that. Do not do that. And, you know, Angie's a swimmer, as we know, and she said, oh, I can see how people, you know, get into trouble under boats, and that's absolutely true. Yeah, scary. But they. the other notable thing is the stallions take their shirts off, of course. Oh, (laughs) I can't believe I forgot that part. I can't believe he didn't mention that, but there you go. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> even with their um even with their little capsizing moment Ali and Angie were rowing so hard they almost catch Darren and Tristan which was again as you said so impressive and we get to a roadblock blown away who is ready to blow the competition ha <laughs> Sign me up for that. Thank you. Um, so with this roadblock, you have to use blow darts down a bamboo-type pipe to hit three fruits. Actually, it probably isn't a bamboo pipe. It was far too skinny, but a pipe of some description. And they had to hit three fruits, dragon fruit, a watermelon, and a papaya. So we get Tristan on this one first. Uh, I think we get, is this where we get some jokes about how George would have been really great at this because he's full yes, of hot air? full of hot air. <laughs> we also get Teddy saying that, you know, he's good at CPR. And it's like, but, but, but Teddy, CPR is not the blowing one. The blowing <laughs> one is rescue breaths. CPR is <laughs> chest compressions, cardiopulmonary resuscitation but nonetheless I you know he had he gave me a lot of a lot of fun quotes this episode so I'm not going to mark him down for his uh, lack of first aid training bless him I'm just saying he has people to do that he doesn't have to do that he has people to do it it's true if I'm dying let anyone other than Teddy be responsible for saving me please exactly exactly (laughs) I think this would be quite tricky don't you I mean we do see Ali just smashed the first one and uh, she just does it. She had a knack. She had the smaller pipe and Tristan does give us a confessional where he says, oh, I picked up the longest one because I thought it was it would get me closer to the target. But it seemed like the shorter pipes that the Wiggles and uh, Ali used were actually more effective. Yeah, so the more air you can blow, the faster the dart goes. And with speed comes accuracy. So if you've got a really long pipe, then you're going to need a lot more air to get the same speed for the dart. And I think that was a, a misjudgment by Tristan. He also has this technique of pushing the dart a little bit further down his pipe, whereas um, Emma actually had a lot of success with putting the dart in her mouth before blowing. Yes, yes. I I sort of wonder why Tristan didn't change pipes. A couple of things here. Maybe maybe you had to pick your pipe and stick with it. Or it's that thing of, you know, you get the blinkers on and you go, I've just got to keep on blowing until I I get there. He, He became... Uh, uncharacteristically flustered, although we are going to see him even more flustered in a little while. 
<laughs> Indeed. That said, oh, and they also, Ali and Angie come up behind them. They do give Ali and Angie some help, uh, which backfires slightly when um, Ali does get the first hit. But Tristan and Darren still do finish first and get on their way. However, they However. take a, the leaf out of the Teddy Harry book and, oh, no, they get themselves lost. <laughs> Yes, this is why you never give up in Amazing Race. <laughs> so with that, Ali and Angie do manage to overtake them. And in an epic come from fourth place last episode, first to the pit stop. Including their speed bump. Including that incredible. Incredible. So impressed with them. Um, and Darren and Tristan not far behind them second. Back at the um, Blown Away, we've got Emma and Teddy still, and we get this kind of fake foot race to the pit stop with Emma and Haley finishing first and question mark as to how close behind them Harry and Teddy were. But while we never see them in the same frame, we get this kind of, oh, no, the boys are just behind us. But Emma and Haley do make it third, and thank goodness I would have been devastated if they hadn't made the final but this does mean harry and teddy unfortunately this is their final leg yes i mean we didn't see them in the same frame but emma and Haley race walk and teddy and harry looked like they could just run forever so i wouldn't be surprised if they if they felt like a little bit of hot breath on the back of their necks it certainly got them to the end. I suspect it wasn't as close as we, as they wanted us to believe. But this send-off for, for the Stallions, for, for Teddy and Harry, uh, did you like this send-off? Did you think it was correct? I thought it was very emotional. I mean, you could see Harry was frustrated. He was sobbing and I mean Bo was sobbing as well they were just crying into each other's arms it was really emotional I, I personally felt that this was a fair send-off for them they, they're last for all the reasons that they've been scraping by the whole season you know mapsidents not reading instructions properly and mem remembering things I I felt it was an accurate way for these guys to come to the end I agree. I mean, I certainly thought, much though I love their romantic rafting down a river, they they didn't really put their backs into, into it, it looked like they didn't put their backs, they felt that the river would carry them down. Whereas, as we saw with Angie and Ali uh, and uh, Emma and Haley, they were using those bamboo pots, they were paddling and, and punting uh, for all they were worth. And uh, And again, probably Harry and Teddy either took their foot off the accelerator or just got distracted or didn't quite remember they were in a race. <laughs> but I yeah. have loved them. I mean, I think I said this to you in our first uh, recap episode that I was furious with them because I they made me like them. They made me enjoy them. I saw their value and and I have I have very much enjoyed them. However, with Darren, I feel it's right that they that they came forth they came forth by their own hand as well they didn't come forth because of a speed bump or anything and I think that always is more satisfying if you come last because of your own actions not because you had a bad cab driver or you got bad directions from a local or something of that nature so this seemed very apt. This whole, these whole two legs made me very, very happy about the quality of this season. It's certainly one of the best uh, Australian uh, amazing races I think that there has been. I totally agree. They didn't seem as hungry for the win as the other teams who were all so ultra competitive about it. But I'm glad that we got them in the last week. I have loved watching them. They've had such good humor, uh, some good sense of humor about it all. But it, those other were the three teams, I think, to use Darren's language, deserved to be in the oh. final. <laughs> well, they were certainly, they were certainly, you, me, and Dan, as I said before, all couldn't see them in the finale and uh, for all the reasons, you know. 
That said, we're not quite ready to say goodbye to Harry and Teddy forever, and uh, we'll circle back to that at the end of this episode. Ooh, intriguing. Oof. But let's go. Episode 12, leg 12, the finale. Strap in. <laughs> so everyone starts this leg together. Is that normal for a finale, Sarah? Oh, uh, this is a Dan or a Jess question. It's I think so or I don't think so. However it, it is in terms of usual Amazing Race, it seemed right here. So, but uh, that's something to note down to ask Jess uh, next week. We had another question. So, Sean Bryan, we love you, Sean, asks, Heard of him. how do you feel about the finish line not being in the country of origin? Easy way to avoid spoilers getting out, but does it feel different? Look, I think, yes. I, li- I like this question from Sean. It, it, usually at the finish line, you have all the all the eliminated teams and they're all there and they're all thrilled except for the occasional time when the camera lingers on a clearly sour and bitter team, generally from the first half of the eliminations. It never seems to be one that got very far, which is always terribly amusing. They're furious that they're not they're not running up themselves. But mostly it's it's wonderful to have uh, all of them there plus a crowd. I think it does give that excitement. So I did miss it not being in Australia, but not enough to wish it had been in Australia. I think the locations for this race also have been like absolutely top-notch. It's in our region. It's places that we we should go, we should know. Uh, it's... You know, people that that live in Australia come from there. You know, it's. I think. I think that 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 is good. Uh, I think what I missed from not seeing all the eliminated teams at the finish. I also wonder their celebrities. They're busy. Could you have got them all? Yeah, absolutely. I didn't know that that was normal. And yeah, it would have been cute to have seen them all at the end. But we know. Beck Judd can't stop, won't stop influencing, and we don't want to be cutting into that very busy schedule. George is somewhere on his world tour. Grant would have been there clapping away and loving it all, and uh, Peter and, and uh, would have been dancing, and it would have been fun. But I'm now now that I've said that, I actually think it could have it could have been it could have looked a little sparse when you take into account how booked and busy these celebrities are. so what we do get we're in Kuala Lumpur super busy capital of Malaysia and our first route info is desserts with friends so for this particular challenge the teams have to catch a taxi to Fangs which is a dessert house where one person with a completed dessert has to describe it to the other person on the team who needs to perfectly recreate it. However, there is a twist. Fangs is a reptile and insect-friendly cafe, and the dessert builder will need to do this with an albino python draped over them. Sarah, what did you think? Oh, I was so excited because I love snakes. Catherine Kneen asked us, how bad would you have melted down with the snake? I can't be in the same room as one without climbing the walls to get away from it. I, on the other hand, would run towards a snake and have to be held back if someone realised it was venomous. And these are beautiful. It's the yellowish python that we know from the Britney Spears uh, dance, and I would have absolutely loved it. I wondered how they picked who was who because all three of the ones who were draped in a, in a python were absolutely terrified. And I do feel for them. It is that complete terror and fear and you, you there's nothing that your, your sort of adult grown-up brain can do because your lizard brain is just panicking and telling you to flee, flee, flee. And what about you and snakes? How are you? Oh, I'm with you. I adore snakes. Oh, I've got half them. a million photos of me draped in snakes. I'm obs- The only thing getting in between me and owning a snake is having to feed them mice, which could not do. Um, ah, okay. 
Yeah. I'd have yeah. no problem, but then, you know, I'm, I'm cold-hearted, as we know. Yes, I would have a, I would definitely have a, a snake as a, as a pet if I had a suitable, you know, place for a herpetarium. Absolutely. Very, look at you with your big words today, Sarah. You're so impressive. <laughs> I was surprised that all three of the builders, Ali, Haley, and Tristan, had snake phobias. I mean, as someone with mini phobias myself, sympathetic. Oh, I, totally. I, did not realize that many Australians were funny about snakes. I just, just, I know I can get spiders. Spiders are gross, but I thought that this was something most of us were fairly comfortable with. Oh, literally, if you'd put a spider on me, it doesn't matter how big, let alone those huge tarantulas, I would have been catatonic with fear. So I completely get, I, I don't go, oh, how stupid, you know, I love them and there's mm. nothing, you know, they can't hurt you. And uh, I would never say that because it's, there's a, it's such a limbic, I said lizard brain, but I think it's, limb, you know, I think it might be the same thing, the limbic brain. And in fact, you know, uh, chimpanzees will flee from snakes and hit them with sticks. So it's something very elemental in, in primates, I think. Uh, just you and I just love a snake. Love a snake. I mean, Tristan explained to us exactly why we should hate snakes. He doesn't like how they move, but they <laughs> don't have feet. They don't and have feet. They strangle, which you know fish what? Yeah, very reasonable. Very reasonable. Um, fish don't have feet either, and he seemed okay with the fish. Mm, but they don't strangle. Important, I think. Mm, yes, you would need an octopus for that. Yes, and they have feet. So really, snakes are the only <laughs> ones who are ticking all those boxes. That's right. Emma and Haley get there first. Haley very not okay with this. I felt particularly bad for Haley because she also had to do the spiders and hate spiders. Felt mm -hmm. like she got a real rough go of it. Uh, I liked the moment when Emma tried to pat her and reassure her and <laughs> starts patting <laughs> the snake. And is like, oh my God, that is not Haley. <laughs> That's not Haley. I think she wasn't particularly happy about snakes either when she took a great big handful of it. But I, I loved their communication. I loved, you know, it, it put it sitting up on a, put the little star sitting up on a ball. Is it friends with the iceberg? Yes, it's friends with the iceberg. Like they absolutely understood a language between them that was as much experiential and emotional as visual and, and it absolutely worked. Totally. You could really see the strength of their bond and they do finish first here. Um, Ali and Angie get in second. Ali is like, oh, my God, Mom, I've got a snake around me. Angie tries telling Ali, no, you don't. It's not a real snake. Uh, it's plastic. Yes, it is, Mom. Um, <laughs> well, core's gone, so somebody had to, Mom. <laughs> yes. Obsessed. Um, Angie, bless her, was not was not as smooth as Haley and Emma in describing the pudding to poor Ali. Um, she definitely seemed to struggle finding a shared language to describe what um, Ali was supposed to be doing. Yeah, I mean, keep it simple. She, when they were discussing the, when she was instructing about the, the, the drippy stuff on top, she gave three instructions. We could see it. And then we heard Emma and Haley and, and uh, Emma saying, put a blob on top. Now do petals. Now do stripes. Whereas Angie tried to give the whole overall picture, and Ali's brain just wasn't in any receptive uh, mood for it. I think uh, Darren had a very look. I completely approved of Darren's uh, method. He realised that Tristan was completely terrified and rigid and unable to think, and he decided he would not be sympathetic. He would just tell him to do it, and I think actually that works uh and then Tristan could just obey the instructions that he was being barked at by Darren yeah. so what what could have seemed un un you know un, un um, sympathetic I actually thought worked very well uh for the young man who were literally in tears yeah it was it, that was tough uh, and it worked because Darren Kate and Tristan end up finishing second with Ali and Angie in third where we, our clue is for the next route info, book club. They have to travel by taxi to book access. Sorry, this is a real tongue twister. To book access Rexel. 
Now, this is going to test their navigational skills. It is a huge bookshop specifically designed to get lost in the books. So they have to go to the travel section where they will find a cryptic treasure map and use this cryptic map to align it to the bookshelves and find the clues hidden inside the books. What did you think of Books Excess, books excess Rexel? I want to go to there. Same. I want to spend three days trapped inside, oh, screaming absolutely. and drowning. Just lock the door. Lock the door at night. Leave me in there. It it was it looked incredible. I think um, design wise and architecture wise, it was really interesting. Uh, very clean lines, but it was like there was a mezzanine and a half floor and stairs. And I thought this was wonderful. Listen, as as Dan said last week, and I hadn't actually thought of it till he said it. He was surprised at how hard. Uh, the race was, given it was a celebrity, they were not softballing it at all. And this is the sort of tough finale task that that we see in in a normal in a normal race. And this took you know, attention to detail. Uh, you had to look and see where the travel section was. Perhaps you could ask someone who works there. Uh, you know, people who work in bookshops often know where things are, just saying. Uh, and then you had to find the map and then you had to figure out what the map was. So that's a little bit of visual visualisation and um, almost engineering. And then you had to search for the book. So it, 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 it sounds simple, but it was actually, it was an extended task and it, it really tripped up uh, Emma and Haley. It really did. I mean, poor Emma and Haley got lost in the bookshop before even finding the map. Uh, but Tristan seemed just as enthusiastic about it as you and I are. He was pretty stoked to be nerding it out in the books. And in the end, him and Darren are the first to find the map. And luckily, Angie and Al, is it Angie and Ali who were just behind them, saw them get the map and managed to copy them and find it themselves. Yes. All's uh, fair. All, all completely is fair. fair. Um, that said, it's taking all the teams a little bit of time to crack the map. So basically the map is set up where there are holes cut out of it and those need to align to gaps in the bookshelf. However, quite reasonably, the teams think that it, it aligns to the, the floor map of the bookshelf. And it's not until Darren and Tristan look up at the ceiling in frustration that they notice which bookshelf they need to be aligning it to. And they're the first to get the clue. Yes, and, and Angie and Ali said, oh, well, we saw them looking up and then, of course, we looked up. But, you know, it's all it's all fair. Uh, Emma and Haley, meanwhile, still looking for the map. So they really, they, they missed out there. They really do. Emma and Haley are last to find it by quite a bit. Fortunately, they put all of their powers of manifestation into manifesting a dancing challenge. Oh, uh. They it must have been off. so happy. Absolutely, because at the next Root Info, we have Hip Hop Don't Stop, where the teams must remember a fairly complex hip hop dance routine. Yes, yes. Emma and Haley acknowledge how hard it is. What did you think? Look, I loved it. I'd love to give it a go, but I have no confidence that I'd crack it in one like they did. And interestingly, we didn't, with Angie and Ali, we didn't see, so often you'll see each attempt and it'll say 17th attempt, you know, if someone racks up a lot of attempts. It didn't look like they did a lot of attempts, but in the confessional, uh, Angie did say, you know, it's disheartening to try again and again and again. So either she was exaggerating or they did try again and again. They were certainly quite a long way behind at the last memory challenge. And though, again, we don't know the actual time, I think they fell out of it here at this dance task. Yeah, I agree. Um, I enjoyed watching some of the people be quite awkward about it. I mean, Darren was getting really into the moves, but oh, my God. Tristan. <laughs> he danced like a lawyer. He sure did. Angie was hilariously uncomfortable as well. She kind of just looked like a stiff rod that was kind of flailing. Which is so strange because she's a swimmer, which is such a beautiful, flexible, extended, knowing where all your, your the bits of your body are, sport. But, you know, Ali comes through and she just makes up names for each move 
and she calls them ahead of time. So she says, so she says ahead what is coming next. And that really seemed to work for Angie. Eventually, again, we don't know how many attempts, but I suspect it was quite a number. Mm, she really picked up that technique from the Wiggles um, and, and it did pay off. I thought it was really cute when Ali and Angie finally finished, um, all of the dancers came up and gave them a big cuddle. Oh, so sweet. I loved it. It was so cute. We don't see that a lot, you know. No. So, it, yeah, so that again adds to the idea that they might have had quite a few goes. <laughs> it was emotional. So yes. Emma and Haley finish far ahead um, with Jaron and Tristan coming up second and then quite far behind them, Ali and Angie. And the next and kind of final challenge really, Root Info, have you been paying attention? Somewhere Sam Pang's ears are pricking up. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So they take a taxi to Mon Monara TA and there they go to this absolutely spectacular spectacular rooftop what did you think of the setup Sarah oh I mean how they didn't just stand and stare at it for five minutes before doing the time well I know how because you're in the middle of the amazing race but you know just to stop and see that just oh it was absolutely incredible and the thing about this task that I like and we have seen this before is there's no checker there they have a button they can push which will tell them if they're right or wrong and I have definitely seen at least a couple of other final challenges where the, there isn't a checker and the, the racers get to check their own. I think the advantage here is you can check as, as often as you like and you can check after every change. Although I think the more you check and the more you get a no, the more downhearted you are. So I think you have to be careful about like how often you press that red button. Yeah, yeah. So the way this task works, there's this huge lit up circle and there's 10 gaps that you get to fill in with pictures. And each of these pictures represent a stage or task from their journey. And you've got to slip them in in order. However, the twist, you are given 20 photos and 10 of them are designed to trip you up. When you hit the button, red if you're wrong, green if you're right. And despite their huge head start, Emma and Haley really struggle with this. Yes. We're, we're about to see Haley get extremely down, and I wonder if it started here. Yeah, you can just see them. They're gutted. Um, and, you know, you alluded earlier, it's important that every night you're keeping a diary, taking notes. It seems that only Darren and Tristan did this. Tristan has kept or a very... Or Tristan. <laughs> yeah, I, think, yeah. I think Darren has a great mind and probably just knew some things uh, off by heart. He's obviously a visual learner as well because he was the one that, that caught the photograph that was tripping everybody up. And uh, but in the cab, we see Tristan get out his notes and you think, yes, I think they aren't allowed to have the notes at the task. Dan told us last week, and that's something from my observation. But he was swatting up in the cab as they went there. I think they might have because I Tristan had his notes laid out on the ground and was oh, referring he did. to it. Yes, oh, I didn't notice. OK, um, it's his lawyer superpowers, this attention to mm -hmm. detail. Yes. Um, but yes, as you said, there was this photo of the lanterns from when they needed to go and find the English word printed dragon, dragon printed on the lanterns. Dragon. <laughs> it still haunts my nightmares. It haunts my nightmares. And it is, it's it was a really good one to use as the dummy fooling one because I think. In the state that you're in, trying to get it done fast, trying to remember, the stakes are really high. You go, ah, the lanterns, yes, I know where that was, and you put it there and you never look at it again because you know it's right. Yes. And Darren just has this incredible brainwave where he notices that half of the lanterns in the photo are yellow and, and remembers back to the challenge, there were no yellow lanterns. Tristan, this is the one that we're wrong on. And they get it. Yes, when it lit up in green, it was very exciting. I sort of cheered, even though it was Darren and Tristan. But nonetheless, I cheered. Beautifully designed this circle with circles around it and the ten in a sort of arc 
around most of it and then little smaller ones underneath that that were just there for decoration. I mean, the art direction uh, here was beautiful, including the backdrop. And also the way that each of the circles was angled, I don't think you could probably see the, the other teams. Oh, you, I'm sure, 100% yeah. sure, you couldn't see the other teams board from where you were. I also loved it just as, you know, for something in the finale, it was really nice getting to go down memory lane reflect back on the journey that we've watched them go through I've I have loved following this season so much I have had the best time and it really (laughs) was a a beautiful just kind of reflection point too finding it less beautiful Emma and Haley they are feeling super devastated watching this win just slip away from them they were so proud of themselves after smashing the dancing task and they are quite some way behind Darren and Tristan it's unusual to have so much changing of positions in a finale often one team drops out drops to the back very early and can't win and the other two the one at the front chased by the one behind pretty much stay the same here uh until the dance challenge i think ali and angie were all, were still in it uh emma and haley of course left the books last left the dance first so we got a lot of shifting of of positions and right up to this puzzle you know it could have been anyone's once darren and tristan leave the puzzle first you think unless like it should just be a straight shot for them it should just be a straight shot for them and in this final clue to the pit stop they've got to catch a train to the river of life find the lookout get to the final pit stop and Darren and Tristan get to the train station and this this is the point I started blubbing Sarah Darren is calling around asking for help and finds this super dorky family. There's a dad in this bright yellow polo shirt tucked into his high-waisted jeans with his wife and six children. No less than six children, Sarah. It was wild. And these guys, I just couldn't stop thinking how exciting it would have been for the family to be on television. We had Zachary who kept getting lost. However, I will point out they did not know where the thing was that they said they knew where it was, which was the very reason that Darren sort of employed them, as it were, with the with the bait of, oh, you can be on TV. I, Darren and Tristan ended up having to uh, find and ask that themselves. But this was very charming. But we wanted to know, does The Amazing Race Australia not have that rule that you can't have someone take you to a location Dan even mentioned this in the last podcast about Fern. Uh, yes, I would say so, but we for I think if they weren't allowed to do it, they would not have been allowed to do it, if you know, if you know what I mean. Whether there is a dispensation for this celebrity version or whether the Amazing Race Australia in general doesn't have it, that is something I will find out and we will tell you next week when we speak to Jess. She also says, thanks, love this season and your coverage. Thanks, but Weefa, we love you. We love you. I thought it was adorable. Yeah, they weren't very helpful, but again, this is Darren's PR era and he really needed all of these cute kids <laughs> to sure did. Sure did. <laughs> make him more appealing. And just when they got there, you know, and there's this big crowd clapping them in and then the family got to join the crowd. It was so cute. Now, all of this, this beautiful, happy, fun moment is juxtaposed against poor Emma and Haley, who are sitting in a train carriage by themselves. Emma is gutted. She's so sad, so disappointed. Haley's trying to comfort her, saying anything could happen. But Sarah, wasn't your heart just breaking for them? We have never seen her like this. And we saw... And it wasn't about, oh, I'm not going to win. It was about we aren't going to win the money for the charity. I really don't believe she was downcast out of, you know, she's competitive, but I don't feel she was downcast because she personally wasn't going to win. I think she felt, you know, very uh, responsible and very attached to this charity. And as you say, the juxtaposition of this sort of wild two adults, six children, two races, running around, getting through turnstiles, where's Zachary, hilarity, and these two girls sitting on a train like like it's 3am after a nightclub just 
so downcast and the one that's slightly less downcast just trying to cheer up the one that's really downcast. Look, Hayley was right, anything can happen, but I think normally that break point there at the puzzle should tell you who's going to win. It would be very unusual if that person, uh, that team leaving that puzzle there uh, didn't make the didn't make it first to the mat. It was truly an emotional roller coaster because Darren and Tristan are clapped and cheered down to the finish line where Bo is waiting at the pit stop with Miss Malaysia and they just fall into each other's arms, Darren and Tristan crying. They're so proud of themselves. It was so special. They love each other. But then they go and they take a seat at the bench and Darren says to Bo, we're not jumping on the mat we believe that everyone deserves to win this experience and we're going to wait for the other teams. What was your reaction, Sarah? Oh, in, incredible. Absolutely incredible. I mean, there was a little bit of a rumble on Twitter. Was he doing it just to, you know, rehabilitate his reputation? I don't believe that. I believe this was genuine, Darren, genuinely believing that these teams all deserved to win. As we said, we not quite sure he would have done it for for the stallions, but certainly for the for these uh, four women who he admired so much. He even tells us in a confessional that he learned a lot from them. I thought, Darren, a little bit of humility there. We had quite a lot of questions about it. Sean Bryan again said, if Haley and Emma ignored Darren and Tristan and just jumped on the mat, what would have been the reception? Terrible, you know that, Sean. You can answer your own question there, and it is complete. There's just no way that those two women would have done that. Absolutely. I mean, Dan Heaton asks a very similar question: What do you think would have happened if one of the other teams just pushed Darren out the way and hit finish line that <laughs> first? Well, I would have now, laughed I, like a drain first. I would have laughed, but you know, no. This was, is this is a celebrity edition. Their reputations are all worth more than the money they're giving to the charity, which they were going to get yes. in this scenario anyway. And I strongly disagree with the take that Darren only did this um, because he thought he had a reputation to fix. Yeah, I agree I mean, with you. Don't get me wrong. I've not been a Darren fan this season. But... No, and David Bloomberg wants to know if Annabelle's opinion of a certain player changed after this finale. We will get to that in a second. I'm still on my mm -hmm. defensive Darren point. He had a, a stellar reputation coming into this. He's not like Teddy, who's been outed in the Daily Mail for running an Instagram scam. Everyone loved Darren. I don't think Darren would have known at this stage that his jabs on the other teams were going to run the audience the wrong way. All of this happened long between, uh, long before Twitter turned on him. This was a genuine Darren moment. And David, has this changed my opinion of him? No. Um, <laughs> I still think he's a bit of a tosser. I still feel like he's been a bit of a poor sport and towards some of the teams along this way. Like, I don't think he's a genuinely bad guy at all, you know. Um, I, I just have not enjoyed him not enjoying himself. I've not enjoyed some of the jabs he's taken at the other teams. I do think that this was a really lovely gesture and I thought this was just the perfect end to the season. I agree with you. I mean, Twitter, he can't hear you. This all has happened no. long ago, been edited and packaged well before, before any of you. Uh, so rightly, according to Annabelle, turned on him. I think Lynn's uh, Olsen summed it up completely for me. She said, OMG, Darren and Tristan wanting to wait for all three teams to step on the mat together. Emma and Haley should have gone, fuck it, let's take first. Ha ha, nah, look, they can get away with this shit because they're celebrities. It's beautiful, but ugh. I mean, that's a journey, Linz. You took us all on a huge journey there, and I think we all agree with you. It was powerful. I mean, when Emma and Haley get there at the pit stop and Darren tells them they're waiting to finish together, oh. Haley is just crying hysterically. They're so grateful. Ali and Angie didn't have much of a reaction. I think that they must have just been in a complete state of shock. They were so far behind the other two teams that already resigned themselves to losing. And I think it was just a bit much to take in at the moment. Yeah, it looked like they didn't. 
I mean, Emma and Haley understood it as soon as Darren said, we haven't stepped on the mat. So they took it in and reacted. And I think, as you say, Angie and Ali had said, you know, probably something to the extent, come on, chins up, we've done really, really well. I love you, fabulous, let's run in with our heads held high. So it was very hard for them to make that switch because you've got to also think that Emma and Haley, as they ran in, there's no one standing at the mat, which is what usually happens. The first place team will still be there, unlike the end of a leg. And so when they looked along the corridor of, of cheering people, they would have seen an empty mat and, and bow. So I think they went probably through quite a switchback of emotions there and were, were more alive to the new information than, than uh, Angie and Ali, who knew, who knew for a fact that they were third. Absolutely. Um, it, was a, it was a really powerful ending to what was a beautiful season. I've enjoyed every episode. I've enjoyed covering it with you, Sarah, even Thank more. You. And I'm not ready to let you go, Sarah. Ooh. Coming up next week, we're having Ooh. a big old chat with the absolutely incredible Jessica Lease. She's an amazing race scholar and a font of knowledge. I've got so much to learn from her, and I'm sure you all do as well. Please send us your general amazing race questions for Jess before next Thursday evening. After that, we Ooh. said, we're not quite ready to say goodbye to the Stallions. Ooh. So we're going to be bringing you some special coverage. First, we're going to do the Harry Jousey Chronicles, which will be a one-episode overview of Harry's time on Too Hot to Handle. I saw this live, Sarah. I can't wait to see your reaction. Oh, I'm scared. I'm really scared, but I'm sort of excited, but I'm scared, but I'm excited, but I'm scared, but I'm excited. Oh, be terrified. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> and after that, we're going to binge watch Teddy on Love Island and give you a one episode hot takes on what went down. I'm sure it can only be a total mess. Yes. Oh, I can't wait. But also, listeners, let us know what other Australian reality television you'd like us to cover, either a season that's uh, current, episode by episode, current or coming up, or an older one where we can do a similar one-episode overview. We'll even cover New Zealand shows if that is what you want. So do find us on Twitter and let us know what you want the Aussie queens to cover. Please. Now, Sarah, tell me. Yes. What have you got going on? And where can people find you? So much. Uh, you can follow me at Sarah Carradine on all the things. And even though the Amazing Race Australia Celebrity Edition is over, you will find me every week, as long as you will have us, with Annabelle on the Aussie Queens here on Silent Podcasts. Every Tuesday on RHAP Reality TV Rehap Ups, Mari Forth and I bring you a true crime review on our show, Crime Scene, that's S-E-E-N. Over on Post Show Recaps, I'm covering The Buccaneers with Geneva Guadalupe, Murder at the End of the World with Latonya Starks, and The Artful Dodger with the great Brooklyn Z. And the Our Flag Means Death crew are beside ourselves with excitement to bring you our interview with Season 2 costume designer, fellow Aussie queen, Gypsy Taylor. So watch for that at the end of the week. And if you are an Our Flag Means Death fan or a design fan or a costume fan, have a look at her work and send in questions for her. We've already had some incredible questions for her from listeners. And what about you, Annabelle? Sarah, I don't know where you find time to sleep. You're so busy. Mm -hmm. Just call me Chappelle. <laughs> Everyone, you can find me podcasting every week with the wonderful Chili Philly on Babes on the Brink. We have our own podcast feed now, so please find it and subscribe. We are currently covering The Traitors Canada, which has been such a fun season so far. You can find me on Twitter or Instagram at Annabelle C-E. That's Annabelle with two N's, one L. Thank you so, so much to Isaiah and the team at Silent Podcasts. Till next time, please remember, you all deserve to be here. So true. So true. 
Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing... The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. <gasps> no, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.